Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. Today, since it's tax season, we thought we would talk to someone who knows taxes, or at least hopefully more than we know about taxes, which is not much. So we have Jennifer Ambler on. She is a tax preparer and certified financial planner candidate. Hopefully after this tax season, she'll have enough to be an actual certified financial planner. Uh, And she's also an actor in New York City. So welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, one question we usually start with, um, and it's kind of different because we're not just talking about theater, but uh, taxes. How did you get into theater? And then how did you get from that to tax preparer? Oh, it's a whole winding saga. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes our entire podcast is just that question. We're like, and 45 <laughs> minutes later, uh-huh, that's exactly. where I am now. <laughs> so I was always a singer. I'm a singer first. Uh, but I didn't really know it was a job that you could do. Uh, so I went to college for economics and political science. And uh, then I joined Teach for America. And I did that. I was a math teacher for a couple of years in Philadelphia. But I always really, really wanted, I loved musical theater. And I really, really wanted to try it. I did a lot of community theater and, you know, shows in, in college. And so I decided to quit my job teaching and make a go of it and see if I could, I could really have this theater life. And I was like, well, I'm going to need a job. And I literally just like saw an ad for H&R Block's tax school. And I was like, you know, I bet I'd be good at that. <laughs> so I went to their school, it, uh, I got trained and they were like, great. And then now I'm here. <laughs> nice. Which is probably helpful because at least I know it, the theater that Sydney and I do, we're not just uh, house people meaning at one place, but we jump all over the place. So probably have a head start on knowing what W-9s and 1099s and write-offs and all of that stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to learn how to do taxes was mine were so complicated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's so, so true. What? So the first question I have, and you kind of brought this up, when we were talking beforehand. So you said that there's a distinction. You're not an accountant, but you're a tax preparer. What is the difference between those two? So if an accountant is someone who like has an accounting degree okay, and passes, uh, most of them uh, usually attempt to pass the certified public accountant exams. Now that covers way, way more than just personal taxes. Um, it covers business stuff, uh, mostly business stuff, frankly, like auditing and bookkeeping and, and the types of business, you know, corporate tax return. Um, I mean, there are accountants, obviously, that, that focus on personal tax returns, but I think you only have to take, you know, one or two classes on personal tax returns. In fact, you know, there are accountants who don't do their own personal taxes because it's simply not what they do. <laughs> right. So they're more like um, big, huge billion dollar corporations. Right. Like my cousin is an accountant and she worked for a large, you know, corporation and handle, you know, in their accounting department. I think she does do her own taxes, but she doesn't do <laughs> personal taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, and obviously there are accountants who focus on doing personal taxes, but you don't have to be an accountant to do personal taxes. I said, I mentioned I went to H&R Blocks training school. So I trained exclusively on personal taxes. So I am not capable of doing a corporate return or any other sort of business tax. I can only do personal taxes, but that's what I focused on. And I took, you know, 150 hours of class on how to do personal taxes. So does personal taxes include like the freelance lifestyle? Yes, yes. Because that goes on a personal tax return. It goes on what's called a Schedule C. Cool. Because that's the big thing for me is when I first started, thankfully our dad has been doing his own taxes for years and they have their own business that's kind of similar Mm -hmm. to ours, like as a freelance lifestyle. So he kind of like helped show us how to get started. But then I talked to other people and, you know, they have no idea what any of that means. So (laughs) there's so many questions that, that go along with that. Where do we start? Do we start at what you want to receive as an as a uh, let's start let's start with or... income. What's the difference okay. between the W9 and the W4? Because okay, so the w- we get offered different ones. Right. So the W9 is is the form you fill out and you will then theoretically get a 10 what is called a 1099 miscellaneous. Uh, and that means you're a contractor. And that, that means, you know, whoever's employing you has as little connection to you as possible. They are just going to cut your check. End of story. They, they do not take out taxes. They, they do not pay into unemployment. They do not do disability. They do not pay Social Security. You are a tractor. And uh, the distinction, you know, there's, a, there's legal distinctions about that. There's lots of places that classify you as a contractor that shouldn't. Um of like labor law that we you know probably don't want to get into but then if you're a w4 you're an employee you get a w2 they withhold taxes for you they pay into unemployment for you they do your social security you know it's it's a much more comprehensive relationship and you have a lot more protections as an employee than you do as a contractor how do companies decide if they're going to hire you as a as one or the other like is there a distinction like you have to meet certain requirements in order to get one versus the other or is there kind of company i'm not a a total expert on like the labor law on this but my understanding is that if they control the timing and manner of your work you should be an employee right because 1099 is technically like volunteer ish Kind of. Yeah. If you're kind of like on your own and you can like manage your own hours and manage the work how you want, then it's more appropriate for you to be a contractor. I do see where labor laws get in, uh, get in the way there. Because... They do. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of, it's a big issue. Uh, a lot of people are misclassified as contractors when they really should be employees. Unfortunately, as a tax preparer, there's nothing I do about that. Right. Tell you, you know, either complain to your employer or make a labor department complaint. Um, it's kind of beyond beyond what I right. can do. <laughs> but but it's still general, a interesting. Union jobs are almost always employee jobs. Right. So. Because as a union union job, they have to take out taxes and take out all of that stuff anyways. So yeah, they have the health benefits and right. employment benefits and all that. Are there any to- other are those the two ways that 
everyone seems to get paid at least that's how i've gotten paid in the theater world those two are there any other not really yeah not for not for employment i mean obviously there's all kinds of other different kinds of income like bank interest and stocks and unemployment that's you know when you're talking about having a job you're either going to get a w-2 or you're going to get a 1099 okay excellent so that's how people get money um Mm -hmm. So then the rest of us spend money, usually faster than we get the money. What are some expenses or things that we should be looking at to, uh, this is a big one, like, where do we start? Like, what expenses we can write off? How we should save them? Is there things that people usually forget? So the new tax law kind of changed everything about that. That's why I haven't started my taxes yet. (laughs) So it used to be you could write off all kinds of stuff and in the new law w-2 employees are no longer allowed to write off job expenses so, so if that's you just are the w-2 only w-2 ones. employee there is nothing to do at least at the federal level if you have 1099s then you can still do deductions against the 1099s so if you have a mixture you could still write off some of the stuff like the money that you spent on the contract that you are a 1099 employee for. Correct. Correct. So yeah, what I normally do, so I have, I have delightful spreadsheets that my clients all fill out and there's a section for things that are specific to a job. And then there's a section for things that are just kind of general, like, I mean, for actors, it's things like headshots and voice classes. And I'm yeah. sure there's something equivalent for backstage people like maybe supplies or you know if you take continuing education courses or things like that that don't really pertain to a job just pertain to your profession and you can split those uh between w-2 and the 1099 and then of course take any deductions that are directly related to 1099 like travel for that job or uh you know a specific pool you had to buy for that job or costume or whatnot Mm -hmm. how do you split them uh, based on how much income you earn. So if half of your income is W-2 and half is 1099, I split it in half. If it's okay. third, so it's like one third, I split it two thirds, one third. That's, that's how I, that's how you do it. <laughs> I wouldn't advise trying to do that yourself. <laughs> Could you do the same thing for like union dues? Yes. Although, like I said, most union jobs are not 1099. So the, you know, I very rarely have oh, someone who can, who can actually still deduct the union dues anymore. That's true. I was just thinking, like, I belong to Stage Managers Association, which is not a union, but it's like a, see, a stage mm-hmm. manager, I forget what it's called, but a group. Same an with Opera America. Yes, correct. An association. Same with Opera America I belong to. So I pay a yearly fee for them, even though they're not specifically job related. Mm-hmm. So would yeah, that be something that. that I could? Okay, mm-hmm. good. Because they do help me get jobs and help me keep me connected, but they're not, you know related to a specific thing but right in the past i've always written them off because it's job related sure it's a professional organization you belong to where you network and Mm -hmm. get assistance and that sort of thing yeah separate from your union Mm -hmm. cool so you mentioned travel being able to write off travel on 1099s what in your opinion or it might change is the best way to to do that because sometimes i for travel itself, I do keep track of like how much I spend on airplane tickets or mileage and gas. But then can you write off per diem while you're in that visiting city? And if you do that, do you yes. look up the IRS? What is it called? The IRS um, standard deduction for that mm-hmm. city. 
Yeah. So uh, it, de it, it depends. So for technically for a 1099, you're supposed to use actual expenses rather than doing the IRS daily per diem. That's for W-2s. Um, so you do have to be careful about that. Uh, but yeah, if you just want to just keep track of all the food when you're away from home on a 1099, then yes, that's all deductible. Oh, that's a very good point, though. So you technically should be keeping receipts for everything that's 1099. Mm -hmm. But the W-2, we can't write off anymore anyway. So there's no need to even look up the per diem. Yep. I used to have a, I used to keep Excel file of the per diem so I could look that up for people. And I don't need yeah. to anymore. Yeah, that's exactly what I've done because my, my jobs are always we split half and half. And so I've just always looked up, you know, per diem mm -hmm. per day. And huh, that's going to be more fun this year. <laughs> so as far I mean, as you can, you can still do it, but just beware. You know? <laughs> they might call me out on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then keeping receipts, what do you physically have to keep each receipt? Or can you just keep like a spreadsheet that says, or like, I will go back and look up my credit card and then like just have everything listed on my credit card and it'll show like, this is what I ate this day. Is that doable or do you have to have the physical receipt in hand? Well, here's what I recommend. I recommend that you, you have physical receipts when you can. I mean, obviously if you, you're, you know, you buy something online, you're not going to have a physical receipt. Um, mm -hmm. Just save the email or whatever it is and store your receipts in a shoebox. Do not use them to keep track. Use your credit card statements or whatever other, you know, you know, keep your own spreadsheet to keep track because believe me, your tax preparer does not want to see your receipts. Right. Um, <laughs> well, they there are some, there are some tax preparers that like, like to sit down and go through receipts with you. I am not one of them. I'm, I'm like, I don't know your life. I don't know what this is for. Put, you yeah. know, you figure it out and tell me and put it in the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have time to sit down and go through thousands of receipts with you. And it's also a terrible idea to try and, and, you know, go through a year's worth of receipts in you know February or whenever you sit down to do it because your memory has faded, mm -hmm. paper has faded, like receipts, keep the receipts only for in case of an audit. So just like have a shoebox, put the year on it. You'll probably never use it. It's more of a, you know, in case of emergency and use something like credit card receipts or an ongoing log you have or whatever to actually do your taxes. What awesome. are some of the categories that they should break or we should break down in the Excel sheet? Like what are the categories that we can write off that are best for you to know? Um, I mean, I have my own, you know, I have my whole, my own spreadsheets that I've created with tons of categories on them. I mean, any, I know the Actors Union publishes one. I don't know if, if other unions do as well. I mean, the, uh, the biggies are obviously things like, you know, trap, you know, travel is obviously a biggie. There's, of course, there's supplies, classes, you know, people, you know, when it, actors are always like hiring pianists or voice teachers mm -hmm. and whatnot like that you know they have headshots your website if you you know everyone has to have a website these days you have business cards all that good stuff <laughs> publications seeing shows a lot a lot of categories <laughs> okay so but when you do them in the taxes does it matter if if i have 15 categories or if it's just all business expense Oh, so yeah. So the Schedule C, you have to enumerate them all. Okay. 
But the the old forms for employee deduction, it literally used to be local transportation, out of town transportation, meals, and other. <laughs> that was my favorite. But uh, Schedule C, if you look at it, you it's got 50 categories listed and you have to list them all. <laughs> so it's kind of better now because it's very it's much more specific. And it was, you sense. know, when you had 1099s, it was always that way. Nothing has changed. Okay. Uh, but now since that is the only opportunity for uh, for deductions, there is no more just kind of throwing everything into the pile. Right. Well, <laughs> thankfully, I always had 1099. So I always listed everything out anyways. So mm-hmm. I had all my it's own. It's always better to, to have more rather than fewer because it's much easier to combine categories than it is to split. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that was true. always a nightmare for me when, when people would just combine a whole lot of things together. And I'd be like, actually, I need it split into this, 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 and this. <laughs> <laughs> so if I look under Schedule C. Uh, Did you pull up your taxes? Yeah, I'm, I'm attempting <laughs> to just to see like what categories, because unfortunately, mm-hmm. I already turned in my taxes and uh, hopefully I did it right. Oh, sure. Show off. Well, <laughs> it was It was like three days ago. Kai kept bothering me about it. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, uh, part two has expenses, advertising, car and truck, commission and fees, contract labor, travel, meals, office expenses. Okay, so that would be a good place yep. to start to. That's an excellent place to start, yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, at least for 2019, I can start there. Stacey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should also like type up that list and post it when you post the the podcast. Yep. I'm saving it now. So a big question that I have, Stacey doesn't have to deal with this as much. I don't think Stacey's ever had to deal with this, but because I jump around from opera company to opera company, I'm in a different state every six weeks. And so I get paid from these different states on a regular basis. So at the end of the year for 2018, for example, I had New York, California, Philadelphia, uh, Connecticut, uh, where's Portland, Oregon, Oregon and, uh, <laughs> I keep Omaha, thinking of the city's name, and Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska. So yeah, I had, Nebraska. I work in every single one of those states. So then when I do my taxes, you know, I split them up. Some are W-2s, some are 1099s. I get through all the federal stuff and now it's time to do the states. Do I have to file taxes in every single one of those states? Does it depend yes. on a... Okay. And Almost the question. Is there a few states that will let you get away with it? Yeah, no, you pretty have much to file in every state. Most most states say if you have if you're required to file a federal return and you had any income from our state, you have to file in our state. There are a few that have uh minimum amounts. Um it would be a little too much for me to enumerate them all. Right. <laughs> but that was my question. I mean, I usually make more than a couple thousand dollars, but you know, if you only make like $200 in a state, then it might pop up and say you don't have to file in the state because you didn't right. make enough. You can get away with filing in. There's a number of states where you can get away with not filing if it's that small. Okay. But in general, you have to file in every state. And right. Like Pennsylvania's limit is $30. Oh, are... wow. And Philadelphia is horrible because <laughs> they, they even have like Philadelphia city tax and then Pennsylvania state tax. That was, that killed me last year. Yeah. Pennsylvania is rough. It's really nice I think, that that's where I learned to do taxes because I lived in in Philadelphia for four years. Uh, 
So you so started out I the know hard way. all about Pennsylvania taxes. <laughs> well, that's good for you. It's, it's easier for you to jump around. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, at the end of the year, I almost always regret every state that I went to because I was like, oh my gosh, this is taking so long. And then it takes, you know, it costs you money to file in every single one of those states. And every single one, like I do it through TurboTax, you know, asks you different questions. And so it takes so much longer to go through. And I'm like, I swear, one of these years, I'm just going to stick with one state and not travel. But. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I, I did that. a whole bunch of people on the Lay Miz tour. Shout out Lay Miz tour. Uh, they all did <laughs> 22 states. <laughs> So do they, Wow. when you're on tour, do they get paid in each of those states? Yep. It's not like, yep. that's crazy. I would think it would be like one company. No, yeah. If you, all the states have requirements that if you are there for X number of days or you earn X amount of money, you have to pay the taxes there. They all, they all have their hand out. They all want their cut. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of tax prepping. Well, good. You just got to get attached to a tour and then you're like, tax season is set. You're like, I'll just do this entire company. Seriously, once I get one person on the tour, suddenly they are, they're all like, oh, thank God, someone to help us. Yeah, because I feel like it's so difficult. So a number of years ago, like I said, our dad taught us how to do taxes and we've been doing our taxes for years. And the year I got married, I was like, I don't know if I could do this myself. I've never dealt with, you know, his is so easy. He gets like one W two. He has write offs. It takes me like five minutes to do his taxes. Yeah, same with um, my husband. You know, and then mine show up, and it takes me like twelve hours. <laughs> so I actually went and tried to find. Uh, I think I actually looked for an accountant, but I tried to find somebody to do it. But it's so difficult to find people who actually know what theater is and what you're allowed to write off. Like the person I found said she knew theater, but she didn't even know how to spell stage manager. I had to correct her twice. So like. <laughs> trying to find somebody who's familiar with our lifestyle and like the fact that we have all of these crazy things. And the person was like, you spent more money than you made on this contract. And I was like, well, yep. Sometimes that's exactly what happens, you know? Um, so I never went back to her because I hated her and she made me feel miserable about my career choice. Good job. Uh, <laughs> so I just did it myself after that, but it totally makes sense that if one person finds you, then like, you're probably good to go because everyone's going to tell their friends about you because all over my Facebook page, you know, every time it gets close to tax season is everyone asking, who do you recommend? Who do you recommend? I need help. Yeah. That's pretty much how I get all my business is I don't advertise anymore. I just get referrals. <laughs> yeah. Which reminds me, do you, since we're going to obviously advertise you on here, do you have mm-hmm. a web page? Do people contact you through Absolutely. a specific email? Oh, how, how my- do people get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is my website because it has all the info about me. Um, it's gentaxprep.com, J-E-N-T-A-X-P-R-E-P.com. And uh, I don't know how many appointments I have left because <laughs> I have a few because uh, it's getting late. But if uh, if I can't get to you by April 15th, I'm more than happy to file you an extension and get to you the next week. <laughs> Can people so, book for next year? I feel like I should just prep it for like 2020. <laughs> no, you can't book for next year. I only let because I have a crazy life too. So I only let people book 18 days in advance. <laughs> okay, that's okay. good to know. But 18 if days I get an appointment, good. if I got an audition appointment, I got to move you. So Right. <laughs> that's but what I love about that is that's just like how are all of our lives work. Like Mm-hmm. Stacey and I scheduling podcasts I think we have to reschedule more than half of them because we're like oh I had a meeting come up oh rehearsal got extended oh I got an interview mm-hmm. we'll just I'm stuck in traffic because I live in LA <laughs> yeah 
That's usually, that's not I know, I try to be understanding when people are like, oh my God, Jen, I'm so sorry, but my agent just called and I have to go to this audition today. And I'm like, eh, it's fine. I have plenty of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but speaking of tax or filing for an extension, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because once again, I know people who are so busy, you know, January through April that they haven't done their taxes, me included. So what is the extension policy and how does that work? That's a really great question. A lot of people have misconceptions about that. So an extension to file is not an extension of time to pay. Interesting. So if you're going, if you're certain, beyond certain, you're going to get a refund, then if you, you can just file an extension and it's totally fine, don't worry about it. Um, if you are concerned that you owe, when you file your extension, you should make a payment with the extension so that it will you know, eliminate or at least reduce the late payment uh, pay, uh, penalties and interest that you'll get if you don't pay anything. Because if you haven't paid by April 15th, that's when the interest clock starts. Mm. So Even how if you would... filed an extension to file. <laughs> so how would you calculate what you think you owe? So that's, I mean, it's, it's tricky. If, you have enough time if you know you're going to need an extension and you email me or a tax preparer now we can like at least punch in your numbers just to give you a an estimate if not we can base it on you know what did your last year look like would you know take a look at your documents and give you a guess the mm -hmm. later you leave it when people email me on april 15th and say i need an extension well at that point i'm just filing the extension and hoping for the best Right, you and you're just going to have to pay the late, all the late interest stuff. Yeah, you have to be careful, too, because you also have to file state extensions. So it's two separate things you have to do. Right, so most states will accept the federal extension, but New York does not. Hmm. So if you, at the very least, if you're a New Yorker, you have to file a New York state extension as well. And I don't know other states off the top of my head. I think North Carolina, I usually wind up having to file a couple of those too. A lot of states just accept federal, but there are a few persnickety states that don't. <laughs> but when you go to file that, it should pop up in your state? Uh, or you just have I to have like, pay to, attention to it? Yes, I would Google it. That's what I do. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Google Do I have to file my, an extension? <laughs> my software, I mean, my software uh, has that info, but I always double check it too because it changes. Mm -hmm. um, if you Google extension, you know, tax extension in whatever state, you'll mm -hmm. probably find a page that either says, if you filed a federal extension, it's fine, or you must file this form for an extension. Now, my mom uh had me file or not file but pay quarterly taxes because when mm. i went from a full-time job to doing more independent contractors she said that they have to do that is there a rule that we if you are doing 1099 work you have to do quarterly taxes or yes. is it just easier because so, at the end of the year you know you've paid some already right so the idea is that if you owe more than a thousand dollars to the federal government at tax time you can be subject to what is called an underpayment penalty and yeah <laughs> uh which is you know just think about it you don't want your salary in one lump sum in april and neither does the irs so, so even if you can pay you know the ten thousand dollars you owe in april they are mad because they wanted it throughout the year so they could have it <laughs> stuff with you know 
by bombers and such. <laughs> yeah, whatever the government does, because it's not give it back to the arts. Um, right. How do you calculate? <laughs> how do you calculate what taxes you might owe that quarter? Is it a percentage of your income? Do you just guess and randomly pay money? <laughs> so there's a, there's what I say, and then there's what the IRS says. So, <laughs> what, whatever makes sense not to what us. the IRS says because the way the, IR, the IRS is not hip to the new generation <laughs> probably not I like uh, that excuse the, the best in my opinion the best thing to do is to come up with a percent either you know on your own based on last year or with the help of a tax professional I mean I obviously do this for my clients uh, is I calculate what seems to be a good percent them to need to take. It's usually somewhere in the range of 10 to 25, depending on your income and how many deductions you usually have. Sweet. I try to do that. I try to do about 15 to 20. I feel like I'm in good shape. That's great. That's perfect. And uh, so then that way, if you take the percent and then you just pay every quarter, as your income expands, you will pay more. If your income contracts, you will pay less, which is, you know, makes sense and is what you should do. If you just come up with a number and then you get a big job, you won't have covered it. Right. Or if you just don't work the rest of the year, you'll have paid all this money you didn't need to. But then would you get, because I believe it says when you file your taxes, it asks you if you paid estimated taxes, correct? So if you overpaid, okay. you get it back. Okay. Or That's a little bit helpful. Or you held over to the next estimated payment. Ah, all right. It does always ask that question. And I always say, no, just give it to me. I want to like close out the year, be done with the year, not worry about well, next like, year yet. <laughs> yeah. So I recommend say, so the next, the, the first quarter estimated payment is also due April 15th. So what you would do is sit down and say, okay, I earned $10,000 on 1099s in January, February, March. I'm going to do 20% of that. So I need to make a $2,000 payment on April 15th. Oh, God, my last pay. I just remembered Omaha was a 1099 and I went to pay it, but it wasn't because it was like February and they weren't ready to accept my payment yet. Oh. Okay, wait, wait, I'm going to put this in the calendar. I need to pay that before I actually do taxes <laughs> for last year. Yeah, now now I need to pay that one. Okay. And don't forget state payment. So state taxes are, it depends on what state you're living in, but New York, if you owe more than 600, they get mad. So New York taxes are obviously much lower than federal taxes. So it's usually New York people. I usually say somewhere in the range of two to 5%, depending on, you know, how much, and you don't need to do that until you, until you're doing several thousand on 1099s, but don't forget that there are state payments you can do as well. Yeah. I don't and think this, I've ever done that. This can all be okay. done on, online, right? I think I just signed yes. on to a webpage gave them money and I printed out a receipt. Yeah. So uh, if you Google IRS direct pay, that's where you pay for the federal. And New York, the New York tax website is ny.tax.gov. Um, and I'm sure all you have to do is really just Google estimated taxes, whatever state, and it'll come up. Mm -hmm. yeah, almost all the states have an option to pay those online. So there's no reason for you to be mailing in checks unless... That's one of the few states that don't allow it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember when I people. first started paying estimated taxes, I had to mail in checks. And I was so happy when it all like became digital because it's just one less step. And it just makes it so much easier to take care of it and not, you know, print it out, write a check, find a stamp, put it in the mailbox. 
Yeah, finding yeah, that boss. has only been in the last few years. Like when yeah, exactly. I started doing taxes, you, you, that was not an option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I first started doing 1099 work, it wasn't an option. And so I would hardly ever remember to pay it because, you know, there was just way too many steps involved and I didn't have the time for it. But now I'm like, okay, just sit down, spend five minutes on the internet, click all these buttons, put my credit card in, and then it's taken care of. Yep. Okay, so I should schedule post to remind everyone quarterly taxes due. <laughs> yes, it will help remind me too. 15th, September fifteenth and January fifteenth. <laughs> Yay, money! <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it too. I'm completely self-employed as a tax preparer, so I'm very intimate with <laughs> with paying yes. estimated taxes. So, do you basically just do the tax? season so you're january february march and then the rest of the year you do acting in theater uh i try i obviously I file extensions for last year it was like 20 or so people and so i did randomly to, you know a few returns here and there throughout the rest of the year um so the extension goes until october 15th oh wow so, that's a long extension it's a six-month extension i know it's it, i feel that when you do an extension and then you like don't do it until October and then you try to do it on time the next year. You feel like you just did your taxes. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. then you forget even more what you did last year because like a whole nother year's already passed. Exactly. Yeah. So don't, uh, don't wait that long. If you file the extension, you know, I'll do it in April. I'll do it in May. You don't have to wait till October. <laughs> that would just stress me out so much. I like have to have it done on time. Yep. Okay, and if another... you wait too long, uh, they will shut down e-file and you'll have to mail it in. <laughs> Ugh. Nope, I like everything. Maybe that mine. around November. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. That's so close to the end of the year. But yeah, ready to do taxes again. <laughs> On the our parents keep everything. They insisted we keep uh ten years of tax returns and all of our oh. stuff. Yeah, I realized I don't have room in my house for that. So how long do people need to keep their binders of receipts and tax information and pay stubs and all that? So you never need to keep your pay stubs unless you are missing a W-2 or, you know, if you, it sometimes how and then you really only need to keep the last pay stub. Um and if, you know, if you've used that for union dues information or, or your agent fees or whatever, um, huh. but yeah, there's no reason to keep like all your pay stubs. And for the other stuff, I generally say three years is fine. They, they can audit you within three years. Uh, and then if they audit you and then find out you've been doing something for a pattern, they can go back seven. And then they can go back farther if you've committed fraud. But we're we're gonna say you didn't do that. <laughs> we're going to assume none of us are committing fraud, or at least not at that scale. Yeah. So three years is good. Seven years if you want to be unbelievably safe. Okay. Good. I went down to seven years. It was a huge pile of paperwork we burnt one night for the other ones. But all I'm right. like, I don't have room to keep all of this. But they're like, no, you have to. And I was like, I feel like 10 is a little ridiculous. Okay. Three to seven years yeah, should be good. Much. I feel yeah, like just I only getting rid of people's stuff three years. So yeah. I feel like just getting rid of all of my pay stubs would help reduce the number of papers that I have because, especially working multiple jobs, you know, sometimes I'm getting a pay stub every week, every other week, twice a week. So I just have like that for me just adds up a lot. Cool. Marie Kondo, no. that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
Actually, I did do that the other day. I don't know how many years I have back, but I think I only have about six. I might have seven, though. Yeah. No, maybe I should start getting rid of them. That would make more room in my apartment. Good call, Stacy. Good call. Uh, yeah, because I, I think I had you're... one or two of yours, and I was like, why do I have Cindy's tax information? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have room in here. If you're, if you're on a tour, it can sometimes be helpful to keep those pay stubs until you do those taxes because of the different locations. Right. Um, but once you've done the taxes, toss them out, just keep the last one, whatever you want to do. <laughs> right. That still makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I have a running list on my... Uh, I have like, I love Excel. So there's a page of income and if it's W4 or a W9, and then I have a page of all my expenses that go for and broken down by job or company or whatnot. Um, one of the big things that takes me a while to do, and I try to do it weekly, is mileage. Can You said we can write off like hotel stays and stuff. What about just mileage? I drive all over LA doing 1099 jobs. Yeah, so mileage is is another great uh, deductible expense. There's two ways to do it. I do what's called standard mileage, and it's all I will do. I do not deal with the actual mileage where you sit down and literally add up everything you spent on your car. Uh, that means a little much, unless you have a very expensive car. It's unnecessary. <laughs> um, so you can just take the standard mileage, which it changes every year, but it's around 55 cents a mile uh, it, as it has been for the last few years. And then just bear in mind that commuting mileage is not deductible. So the kind of general rule is like the first trip of the day and the last trip of the day is not deductible. But stuff you do in the middle for work is. Now, is that just the first trip and the last trip of the day, is that just for W-4s? No, if that's I'm... for 1099s as well. Oh, okay. Because I was calculating, yeah, driving up to Hollywood to go to a production meeting and driving back from Hollywood. But I can't do that because even if it's an independent contractor, that's just part of the contract? Right. So, it, you know, if you might be able to make a case if that was kind of an unusual thing. But if you're just like driving from home to the theater and back, even if it's a 1099, you can't deduct that. That's just a commuting. Oh, OK. But if you had to, like, run down to the to Home Depot to pick up stuff or run over and yeah, get exactly. make copies, then you can deduct, deduct that internal transportation. Totally. That's And if you go between two jobs, that's also deductible. Well, you oh, do that okay. all the time, Stacey. Yeah, but. I still have to drive out to LA from Long Beach. So I was calculating those, but if I don't need to calculate those, then that saves me a lot of trying to remember where I go every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are some great apps. Um, I don't have any particular ones to recommend, but uh, there are now, it's so much easier now because you can get an app that like cracks your, where you go and, and does it much better for you. And like, you can go through the trips and be like business, business, not business and so on. Oh, that's interesting. I don't have a car, so I don't know which mileage app is good. You know, I'm a New Yorker, so. <laughs> right, well, that's what I was thinking. My first year, I think I tried writing off, like, the monthly Metro card, and then I was told that I can't do that because half of it is just going to and from work every single day. So then I just stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. What, I norm- what I do on my spreadsheet is I, if you do the monthly, I ask for a percent. So we usually come up with a reasonable percent. Okay. Of maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20 of what was like right. internal non-commuting travel. Yeah. It's like, 
I mean, actors are frequently like, I went to Ripley and then I went down to Chelsea and then I went up to Equity and, you know, they yeah. made a lot of trips in one day. <laughs> right. And when you have a monthly card, you can't really go back and like figure out how much money you spent every single day because it's just one, one big month. And so. Right. So yeah, taking a reasonable percent is, is fine. What about a reasonable, can you do a reasonable percent on like cell phone bills yeah. as well? Yes. Cell phone, because... internet, yes. Do a reasonable percent. Okay. <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> I was trying to think if there's anything else, but I, I do know that I do write off some of my, I think, internet at home and my cell phone. Is that it? Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah, I don't even think like I do all my I... internet because Kai yeah, does so much Yeah, those are the things I take percent of. Okay. What, what's a reasonable percent? 10%? 50%? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go above fifty, be prepared to back it up. Is okay. is generally what I say? Because if you're you know if you're going above fifty percent for something that's definitely personal use, like you need to be able to like go through a call log or go through your internet history and show that you really are, you know, using it that much for business. Because we're all right. on Facebook. Let's not lie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for internet, I, I, I don't. Right now. For internet, I can't do that much because, you know, it's at my house with my husband using it and it includes cable and all that stuff. But for my cell phone, even though I'm on a family plan, I take like my percentage of that plan. Mm -hmm. And then I think I do do about 50% because I swear I'm on my phone more than 50% of the time Oh yeah, I mean, on it. But, you know, that's such a small number because of my plan. But mm -hmm. well, and ultimately, these not you know, like we we get very worked up about these numbers. They're ultimately very very small. Like, right. You know, ultimately, we're talking a few hundred dollars in deductions, which leads to a difference in fifty to a hundred dollars on your taxes. So, yeah, it's nothing to like make yourself insane about. I usually just say, is it really worth that extra fifty dollars to like be concerned about it? Just spend hours and hours and hours calculating and yeah, figuring out mileage every single week. Yeah, <laughs> mileage gets takes really valuable really fast. I I do a few California people, and I'm always like, man. Yeah, <laughs> I travel a lot, and it, it's very true. Yeah, not only miles but hours, which I don't calculate how many hours I spend <laughs> in the car every day. Um, but yeah, I mean, twenty miles can take you know an hour. <laughs> oh God, this is why I don't live in LA. <laughs> no, but in New York City. It, from my house to Midtown is like 11 miles, maybe 12, and it'll take me an hour to an hour and a half. And so I don't see any, like, I would much rather be in my own personal car listening to my music and my own, like, air conditioning and heating system than on a smelly subway that's stuck <laughs> underground and you don't get internet anyways. Oh, I get internet at almost every subway stop now. I'd much rather just be sitting on the subway and playing on my phone and not paying attention. <laughs> I did, but when I was home last week, like... I kept trying to pull things up on the internet and I was like, why is this not working? I was so frustrated with it. And then I was like, when did I get to the point that I was mad that I don't get internet in between 34th street and 42nd street? <laughs> it's unbelievable how much that has changed. <laughs> you know, like 10 years ago, that like wasn't even an option. And now I'm like, but I'm at 34th street. I should definitely know where I am and get internet access right now. This is very I frustrating. I used to have a book. I used to read books. What happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> I do audio books. That way I can drive and read at the same time. <laughs> there you go. Well, I listen to podcasts. <laughs> there we go. I do that too. 
I'm pretty sure that's how this whole podcast started. Stacy was just listening to way too many podcasts and she was like, we should do one. I was like, oh my yeah, God, you're crazy. I wasn't None listening of us to too many. It's just the ones I was listening to, I was so excited about that I made Cindy do it with me. <laughs> Keeps her busy, out of trouble, somewhat. Oh my gosh, I'm 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 a little bit too busy right now, Stace, but I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, okay. Are there? Do you have any suggestions or things that we didn't cover that? Oh yes. Um, I meant to say <laughs> I have a whole list. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. There's. So even though W-2 deductions are no longer allowed on the federal, certain states are still allowing them, including New York and California. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now, the threshold, at least in New York, is much, much higher. It's at least $8,000. Oh, so I'm not Single people and 16000 for married. So. Ooh, yep, not spending that much money. Um, okay. But California's is lower. California's standard deduction is 4000 something for singles. Uh, I think it's like 4400 And um, Pennsylvania has always allowed employee deductions. And uh, as I've learned, apparently so does Iowa and Minnesota. So <laughs> huh. There are still a few random states that are allowing it, including, of course, the two that have the most actors. <laughs> of yeah. course. Of course. I wonder if Texas does, because there's quite a few opera singers that live in Texas because of their... They don't Texas pay has no income tax at all. That would be why. That's why I know yep. a lot of people that live there. Yep. So Texas, Florida, Washington, Nevada, New Hampshire, Tennessee, Alaska, I'm missing some, don't have any income tax. Hmm. So actors should move there. <laughs> Go ahead, actors. I feel there's lots of work for you up in Alaska. <laughs> there's an opera company in Alaska. Probably not a lot. I actually have had clients that work in Alaska. There's a there's a few theaters in Alaska that like do summer theater in Alaska. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And then you don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> well, you do when you get home because that's how that works. And beware when you work in states that don't have income tax, you pay it when you get home. That's so messed up. So don't live in in New York. Move to Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> The other question is, what is like a pet peeve of yours or of tax preparers in general? If somebody shows up with a whole bunch of stuff, what's a pet peeve uh, of yours? Yeah, that they show up with a bunch of stuff. Showing, <laughs> up un showing up unprepared is probably the biggest one. Like, there's nothing worse when you show up and say, I didn't do anything on my deductions. I still need to do that. Or I'm missing three W-2s, but I didn't want to cancel. Like I, you know, my clients don't do that because my clients are wonderful people and I've trained them well, but uh, in past years, I would have people do that. And I'm like, no, you, you don't have your missing documents. Cancel your appointment and reschedule. It's just going to be a pain. Right. Because you can't fill the information in anyways if you don't have those numbers. So Exactly. I'm just going to have to do more work later. Yeah. So be right. prepared. Respect your tax preparer's time, especially now. Like, try not to cancel last minute on them. And, you know, unless you, if you have a big audition, you have a big audition. But, like, try not to cancel just because you were unprepared or, you, you know, you got busy and you, and you didn't, you know, you're mm -hmm. not ready. Uh, that's frustrating because, you know, especially this time of year, people are desperate for appointments. And I am totally booked and if you canceled earlier i definitely could have filled the time right um yeah so i'd say that's also yeah people who blame me when they owe taxes that is a pet peeve <laughs> <laughs> like dude i do 
I do the best I can. I don't make laws. Like you're the one who, I, you know, you're the one who didn't sign up for health insurance or you're the one who got $20,000. Uh, like I can't fix that. Right. That's, I can't make up numbers so that you get money back. Do something, don't ask me to do something shady. I don't, you know, I, that is not me. Don't ask me for that. Because <laughs> yeah, you have to put your name on it too. So if anything went majorly wrong, they could come back to you too. Exactly. Yeah. Like people, you know, I always say, if you want to be shady in your taxes, do TurboTax. Don't bring me into it. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I was, uh, we got deemed this year because uh, jumping between different jobs and all, we didn't have insurance for a couple months and that's expensive, but I know some of those laws are changing, but that seems mm-hmm. to be changing constantly. Thankfully, I don't have to deal with that. Yay! You yeah, yeah. two months without it, but once you hit three, now you've got the penalty, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, it's pretty expensive. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what to say to people. I mean, it's the end of the year, but hopefully next year or this year, 2019, try try to be prepared. Well, they got rid of the penalty in 2019, so there's no more penalty! <laughs> yeah, except now I have insurance. <laughs> that didn't help in 2018. <laughs> Well, it's better to have insurance yeah. than not have insurance. So, congratulations for having insurance again. Thanks. I'm sure that's a good Very thing. Good. <laughs> I think that's all the questions I had. That was like all the things that I think about when I do my own taxes. Is sometimes I'm like, do I really need to pay that state? I was only there for three weeks. <laughs> if 1099 has that state on there, then yeah. Yeah, that's sad. And definitely if the W-2 does. And then it costs money to, to file in every single state, correct? Uh, so I don't, you know, I'm unfamiliar with what exactly TurboTax charges. I charge $10 for each additional non-resident state. That's not bad. No, because I don't know why it's such a high charge. Once I've done your federal, doing non-resident states is really not that hard. So Right, because it's like 90% there already right they just in my mm-hmm. experience they just ask like a couple more questions and then you're good to go yeah generally and there's very few states there are a few states i i have to make adjustments but most states it's really not a big deal so yeah if your accountant is saying you need an additional 80 or 100 dollars for each state they are ripping you off well that was exactly what mine did the one time i went and ended up costing me like $800 and I was only making like $20,000 at the time. She's like, well, you worked in four different states. And I was like, right. And you just did all of those four states in less than 10 minutes. So why are you charging me so much money? I mean, I can do them fast. It doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile because I did a lot of training to be able to do it that fast. It really is way easier than $800. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was also, I was like, I can't go to you anymore. Like, I'm barely above poverty level at this point in my life. And uh, you just took all that money. So so it's good to know you're, you're much more reasonable than this lady was. <laughs> yeah, if you're paying more than a few hundred dollars for tax prep, unless you have like a business, you're overpaying. Also really good to know. Because there probably are tons of people out there who are charging you a lot of money because they know you're desperate for it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, if you go to an accountant, you're paying for all that extra training that they don't even use on you. So <laughs> uh, maybe that's what it was, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, 
you know, if you go to someone who's not used to doing a lot of states, like that's what I do. I'm very used to it. So I buy a software that comes with all the states. There are, there are people who only buy a few states that, you know, cause they don't, they, they mostly just do their resident state and maybe a couple of neighboring states. So if you try to go outside of that, they have to like do a whole extra software and then it's expensive. Um, but that's why yeah, stick to someone who is used to doing a lot of states and is set up to do that. So that won't be a big problem for them. Yeah. So that's probably something you should ask. That totally makes sense. First, like, it's just finding those preparers. people I think that are mm-hmm. challenging. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of tax repairs out there devoted to actors. I'm certainly not the only you know, and other you know artistic professionals. I'm certainly not the only one. Um, I don't you know I I see their names alongside mine on Facebook when people recommend. So that's why I love like, Facebook. Yeah, that's how we found you. Um, is there like if I'm just I I have no idea and I'm just googling. Is there words that you use that can help me find somebody who knows the theater or you just say tax preparer, arts, tax preparer? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, tax preparer, arts in, you know, in your location or if you're not in a location where there are a lot of performers and, you know, either L.A. or California, whichever is, you know, probably closer. Um, cause that's kind of where we're all based usually. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I think if you Google like tax for actors, I will come up in the Google search, you know. <laughs> and it's not like you have to go to a to a prepare who's in your home state. You don't Correct? have to. No, I do all kinds of people from all all different states. Now, obviously depending on what state you, you know, I am very familiar with obviously the northeastern states and California. I do have a few other folks who live in other states but they don't most of them don't actually live in the other states. they're just kind of nominally there <laughs> yeah a lot of people i know are like that so if you've got any kind of you know business in another state you probably want to see someone in that state who knows the business laws in that state mm-hmm. but if you're just yeah i use that as my address because i'm always traveling it's fine <laughs> right because you're then going to be filing so many different states anyways yeah, you're, yeah, you're probably, you know, if you're like, I don't actually have any income from that state, or I have very nominal income from that state, then no, it really doesn't matter. But yeah, if you say a lot of business in that state, and then go somewhere else, I, I, I might recommend that you, you do have someone in that state, just because the business laws in a state can be kind of weird. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's awesome, though. I feel like that's so much less limiting for people who travel a lot, because I, I know a lot of backstage people I mean stage managers especially you know whose home address is still kind of their parents house but they're on the road 10 11 months out of the year and so they just don't some of them I guess do work in that state but the one I'm thinking of specifically you know like I think his home state is Iowa and he maybe does one show a year there and then the rest of the time he's on the road Mm -hmm. so it would be probably much easier to you know find somebody in New York because I actually understand what all of those different rules are yeah, and that would be fine because there's not much in Iowa to worry about. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Iowa. We Sorry, kind of Iowa. love you. <laughs> I love Iowa. They they allow itemized deductions. I did a whole bunch of non-resident Iowa returns. I loved it. <laughs> I drive through Iowa when I get to Omaha. That's about it. Or I drive through like five minutes of Iowa. But... 
<laughs> I don't think I've been. We are such coastal elitists. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We were before Cindy even went to the East Coast. <laughs> uh, Come on, I love that- I love my time in Omaha though. Yeah, I've actually been to Omaha quite a bit because I did the Nebraska Theater Caravan twice, so I do love Omaha. Omaha's a really nice place. I really yeah. love it. It's wonderful to be there, yeah. <laughs> it's it's too fucking cold, but, you know, I still love their downtown, and they have good food options, and it's it's really quaint and cute and good people. They so. have a nice zoo. <laughs> they do have a nice zoo. They have, yeah, they have a really awesome desert section. It's our, it was our favorite part, so... But everybody who goes to Omaha goes to the zoo anyway, so I don't have to advertise the zoo. It is the thing to do in Omaha. <laughs> Go see an opera. Actually, the, the week that this podcast comes out, I believe, is opening weekend for Opera Omaha's festival. One festival, I believe, is opening this weekend. FYI, I'm not there this year. I was there last year, but I got a whole bunch of friends there. So, If you're in Omaha, go to if the you're zoo in Omaha. <laughs> go check it out. Okay, so we're we're about at an hour, and the kids are getting noisier on stage. Uh, Usually we ask if you have any twin stories, but we didn't prepare you on that one. So I don't know. No, I I don't think I do. (laughs) (laughs) I was too concerned about finding someone who knew taxes and then coming up with all my questions. Uh, But thank you so much for for being on the podcast and answering a bunch of our questions, and we're definitely going to tag you on everything that we put out facebook instagram put your web page on there so that uh people can find you and then uh maybe remember you for next you year i could give a little shout out uh i yeah. also do the financial planning side so if you need something other than that uh you know other than taxes you want to set up an ira or talk about your student loans or your health insurance uh if you you can reach me still through uh, the Gen Tax Prep website, or I have a website, moneyartfully.com, where, which is devoted to my financial planning business as well. So. Mm-hmm. Moneyartfully.com. Nice. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like most of us in this world, I have no retirement plan. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I am just paying bills. Excellent. Oh, look. Yep. Found the webpage. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we might have to bring you back on another podcast in the future to talk about that whole aspect of it. Oh, I would love to. Absolutely. After tax Once, season. Yeah, after, after tax, tax season. season. <laughs> but that's like, like Stacey said, there's so many of us that are like, well, we just don't have retirement plans. We're just going to work till we're dead, which we <laughs> might do anyways because we love what we do. But, mm-hmm. you know, what can we do as artists to help save for the future and figure out insurance and pay off debt? Awesome. That's so great. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that at the end because this is really really useful stuff great (laughs) at least for me and cindy it is (laughs) yeah wonderful well thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for taking an hour and a half of your or an hour of your time during tax season to talk to us about all of this and Ah, uh we will be getting in touch with you soon again after tax season to talk about more finances because we don't pay enough attention to that in the arts and we should so absolutely absolutely Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This was great fun. It was a nice break from from inputting more and more and more W-2s. Yes, numbers everywhere. Well, good luck with that. Best of luck for the rest of your season. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstalktheater.podbean.com and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at Twinstalk Theater. Title music, Dance Macabre, is provided by Kevin McLeod of incomtech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0.